1: Well, hello. I'm David Freeman Wilf. Is that really in the Bible? A friend of mine just related a tragedy, a tragic story, just recently, where he lives. Uh, his neighbor was riding a four-wheeler and had an accident and actually broke his neck. And uh, but while he was out there in the field, in the woods, or wherever, someone came along and stole the guy's wallet and stole his four-wheeler. Now get this. I mean, th- this is incredible. you you got to ask what kind of scum of the earth would do something like this. So, what I want to talk about today is who who is my Christian brother? Who is my Christian brother? In Luke 10, verse 30, Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, in this story, uh, what happens is this person is lying out there, you know, half dead. The priest comes by, pretends he doesn't see him. The Levite comes by, pretends he doesn't see him. Now, these, all of these, these two people are religious people. The priest, you know, you know what that is. The priest came by, pretended that didn't see the guy lying out there. The Levite, they were the ones that was where it was, to, they were supposed to take out the tithes of the, uh, the 10% of the offering, the Levitical priesthood, that is. But they walked by again and, and pretended not to see him. But a certain Samaritan, this is Luke 10 and verse 33, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So who is my Christian brother? well it could be those that have compassion on you and do the right thing that might be a good definition of a christian brother but what i want to get to today is 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 everybody in your church your christian brother now we have levites here and we had the priests who were not they just didn't do the right thing which sort of disqualified them to be a brother in christ now Jesus tells us what a real Christian brother is. Let's take a look at it in Matthew 12 and verse 46. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, your mother and your brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. Continuing on, it says, But he answered and and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. So what is God's will to be a real Christian brother? That is God's will, that you be a real Christian brother. Would a Christian brother find a guy who had broken his neck, had a four-wheeler in an accident, would he go out and steal his wallet and steal his, his, his four-wheeler? Well, of course not. You sort of judge a Christian brother by their action. Now, let's break it down some more so that we can understand it better what a real Christian brother is. Matthew 22 and verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, it's critical to understand that this is what Jesus is talking about. A lot of people look at this and say, Well, okay, Jesus only gave two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. But this is a summation of the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments in the Bible, 10 commandments, tell you how to love God. The last six tells you how to love your fellow man. In other words, it's not for us just to decide how we do it. I'm going to decide, let see, I'm going to think, okay, how do I love God? I'm going to do, how do I love God? I'm going to do this, 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 this. and how do I love my fellow man? Well, if I don't like him, I'm going to do uh, one thing. If, if, if I love him, I'm going to do five things. No, it's, it's not for you to decide. The first four tell you how to love God, The last six tells you how to love your fellow man. So let's take a look at the first four that tells us how to love God. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay, how am I going to love God? Not going to have any other gods before him. Now, let me tell you, the God that most of us put before God is the God of self. It's my life. It's my will. That was a song, my life. It's my life. Bon Jovi, I believe. Okay, uh, now, that's the God that most of us put in front of God, God of self. All right, second one, you shall make yourself, you shall not make yourself an idol. Okay, what's an idol? Well, idol can be anything. It can be your car. It can be your home. It can be, idols can be nearly anything that you place before God. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. In other words, you're not cussing the sky blue. You're not saying God's name in vain every time you speak. Uh, if you are, you're what the Bible calls a fool for doing that. You don't want to be called a fool, do you? Okay. All right. Fourth thing, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This is how you love God. Okay. Keep the Sabbath day. No, you don't work seven days a week. You don't use the idiotic excuse, well, I got an ox in a ditch every single day of your life. No, you don't. You just don't want to take off from work. Okay. The Sabbath, if you love God, you will keep his Sabbath day. Now that we got that straight. Okay. Uh, How to love your neighbor as yourself. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. Yeah, murder. I don't get mad. I get even. No, you don't have murder. You don't murder. You don't kill. You don't have anger issues in your heart. You shall not commit adultery. Okay. You don't undress a woman with your eyes. You shall not steal. No need for an explanation. You shall not give false testimony. That means you don't lie. You shall not covet. This is how you love your neighbor as yourself. So who is my Christian brother? Well, it starts with the Ten Commandments. By keeping the Ten Commandments, this is how you love God. This is how you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Jesus, a lot of people overlook this. Jesus makes the commandments more binding. You know, a lot of uneducated people think Jesus did away with the law of God. But actually, Jesus' interpretation of the law makes it more binding than the letter of the law. Jesus comes along and says, look, you've heard it said of old time, don't commit adultery. But I say unto you, if you look upon a woman and undress her with your eyes, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So answer this question, which is more binding, don't commit adultery, the letter of the law, or what Jesus said, don't think it. Well, obviously, what's going on between the ears is tougher. That's more binding what goes on between the ears. So Jesus comes along and lifts the law up to its spiritual level of what goes on between the ears. Christ comes along and says, you've heard it said all the time, don't kill. But I say unto you, if you're angry with your brother without a cause, you're guilty of killing. So which is more binding? Don't kill. I've never killed anybody. But I have had anger issues before, thinking wrong thoughts between my ears. So Christ, again, makes the law more binding because it controls everything that goes on between the ears. All active sin originates in the mind first. You don't just go out and commit a sin. It started up here long before you took actions to do whatever, the stupid thing that you just did. So, let's take, okay, who is my brother? If you loan a person money who claims to be a Christian, and yet they refuse to take, pay you back, are they your brother? Well, by their actions, they're not, okay? If, you, if someone steals from you who claims to be a Christian, are they your brother? Well, by their actions, they're not your brother. If someone cheats on his wife who claims to be a brother, are they your brother? Well, no, not by their actions. If someone lies to you who claims to be a brother, a Christian, are they your brother? Well, not by their actions, they're not. You see, churches are full of unconverted Christians who are not your brother. Now, I know that's tough to take. I know that's tough to because we like to think, well, no, I want to give them the benefit of a doubt, you know. Uh, that they're my brother, I go to church, everybody's my brother, we're all brothers and sisters here. No, you're kidding yourself. You're you're playing a fool's game if you believe that. Now, I'm not saying that brothers can't have weaknesses. Jesus said, John 8 and verse 34, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. And, And it's talking about practice sin, practicing sin as a way of life. But if you've got a person who is practicing sin as a way of life, they never recover from it, they never get over it, chances are they're not your brother. They're not your brother. If you go through life thinking every person who claims to be a Christian is your brother, you're going to be profoundly deceived. Profoundly. You know, our business, I'm part owner of a company called U.S. Stone. We do masonry work, but we've had to take, threaten to take people to court because they wouldn't pay their bill. Okay. I don't have any problem with that because a person who refuses to pay their bill surely is not my brother. Now, could they go to church? Did they go to church? Probably so. Did they claim to be Christian? Did they raise their hand and praise the Lord? Yeah. But by their action, you see, their action revealed to me, that's not my brother. Brothers pay their bills. Okay. Okay. When you do work for them and they in return agree to pay you and they refuse to pay, that's not your brother. That's not my brother in Christ, okay? Another issue about who is your brother is this one. Psalms uh, 119 and verse 165. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Did you know anytime you're offended, it it is always your fault? This verse says, look, if you love the law of God, nothing is going to offend you. You ever met people who are just constantly offended? They get a, they get their feelings hurt every time you open your mouth, everything you do, everything you say. A lot of times they're in church, for pity's sake. And these people are highly offended at everything that goes on. And they get their feelings hurt, and they're offended, and they're quitting church, and I'm going elsewhere, and I don't like that, and I don't like this. Listen, people who are easily offended... They're not my brothers, okay? That's just the way I look at it. Because this verse says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. People who are always getting offended at the drop of a hat, chances are they're not your brother. They're not your sisters in Christ. Let's look at a scripture that often people ask about can you take people to court? First Corinthians 6 and verse 1, can a Christian take people to court, that is? It says, dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So what is this verse saying? Well, it's saying that true brothers in Christ should be able to work out their differences and not take these things to a worldly court system. Okay? You should have the discernment. You should have the wisdom. You should have the Spirit of God in the body of Christ. The knowledge and know how to work these differences out in the body of Christ. That small minority group of people, the body of Christ, small, Jesus referred to his church as little flock. Okay, that small body, brothers and sisters in Christ should not have to, should be able to settle their differences within the church of God and not take things to a court of law. That's what Paul is saying. But let me emphasize, I am talking about true brothers in the body of Christ. So let's ask this question. Well, what is a true brother in the body of Christ? Well, I'm going to give you a list of things right now that I believe is necessary to be a true brother or sister in the body of Christ. A brother in Christ is a person who has been called of God to be a part of the government of God at Christ's return. Okay. God for the past 2,000 years has been calling out his cabinet members that will rule and reign with him at his return. Now, if you didn't know this, if all of this is, what well, 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 I thought we were going to retire in heaven. I thought we were going to play harp music the rest of our life. I thought we were going to eat angel food cake up in heaven, gaze into the master's eye you know, like a puppy dog, looking up into the master's eye, wagging his tail on the hardwood, thumping, on, thumping his tail on the hardwood floor, gazing up into the master's eye for all of eternity, doing nothing for all of eternity for the next 10 billion years. That's what I thought. No, 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 no. No, you, you, you're probably not a brother in Christ, at least you're not my brother in Christ, if you believe that. okay. A brother is a person who has unconditionally surrendered to God, okay? Unconditional surrender. That's where you come to a point by God's grace and divine calling where you put up your white flag and you say, I surrender all. I'm not offering solutions or anything like that. I just surrender my will to your will, okay? A brother is a person who has been baptized into the body of Christ and has received the leadership of the Holy Spirit. In fact, a brother is a person who realizes that receiving that leadership of the Holy Spirit is the most critical decision you will ever make in your entire life. There is nothing more important than receiving the leadership of the Holy Spirit, having God's DNA imprinted upon your mind at baptism. You go down in the waters of baptism, you have hands laid on you for the receiving of the Holy Spirit. God's DNA is imprinted upon your mind And a new creature in Christ starts to develop. Nothing more critical. A brother is a person who has been baptized into the body of Christ and received the leadership of the Holy Spirit. A brother has been called and chosen by God. A brother has answered that calling. You know, there's a lot of people. Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. Truth of the matter is, yeah, many are called. But few go along with it. Few answer that calling. So a brother is a person when convicted, when God starts to show you truth, when God starts to convict your heart, you don't just cut off the TV, cut off the channel and say, ah, I'm not bothering with that. You answer the call. You do something about it. You order the material. Like, should you be baptized? Like, how to receive the Spirit of God. You actually work up you know, the energy to get off the couch and order the material. All right. A brother is a person who loves the law of God. Notice I said loves the law of God. Not one that has developed a no-law theology that dismisses the law of God. And I'll tell you, there are churches on every street corner who do just that. They have their grand theology, you know, Good master, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Why, my dearest child, who told you there's something you've got to do? You just sit back and just believe and just accept and just accept God's grace. There's nothing you must do. Well, when Jesus answered that quest, asked that question, good master, what good thing must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus' answer was, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Talking about the Ten Commandments, by the way. All right. A brother believes in obedience to God. Not just faith and belief, but obedience to God. All right. So that's that's what I'm calling a brother in Christ. So it's extensive. It gets deep, a brother in Christ. And we should not go through our lives thinking Everybody in our church is a true brother in Christ. You judge that by their actions, the way they live their life, what they do, what they don't do, whether whether they keep their word for pity's sake. You know, a person doesn't keep their word, you probably don't want to do business with them. Not at all. Now, 1 Corinthians 6 tells us the saints shall judge the world. I mean, think about that. I don't know if this even dawns on people's minds. You know, I mean, you've got this idea of heavenly retirement that like the old Kentucky Derby racehorse, the retired racehorse, he's put out to farm the rest of his life. Well, this verse says the saints are going to judge the world. How? Well, by having discernment between right and wrong. The discernment that comes by knowing what the Bible says about a subject. The discernment that comes from knowing and keeping the law of God and knowing what the law of God says about a subject. Okay? What does the Bible say about a subject? What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Has a lot to say. What does the Bible say about sin? Has a lot to say. What does the Bible say about adultery? Has a lot to say about it. Okay? The saints shall judge the world. Now, this is talking about in the future, in the first resurrection, when we're resurrected from flesh and we're, we're given a spirit body. We're changed from flesh to spirit. We're given a body like Christ Jesus has. He is a spirit and we're going to be changed into a spirit being. And at that point, we're going to make things right by judging the world in righteousness. Okay. All right. Not only that, this verse tells us that we're going to judge angels. Now, this would be fallen angels that rebelled against God, not good angels. Good angels have no need to be judged of anything. But only the ones that have rebelled against God, they're going to have to be judged and sentenced. Okay, that's a third of the angels, by the way, who became demons, demonics, you know, uh, demon, demons, I should say, who rebelled against God, okay, their rebellion is going to require judgment. What do we do with these angels that have sinned? Fallen angels. All right, this verse tells you the saints are going to do this. So you need to expand your mind beyond heavenly retirement, okay? You just need to get out of that boat and, and, and grow up and quit listening to fairy tales, and realize what your Bible tells you about the afterlife. What's coming when Christ returns to this earth, and the first resurrection takes place. Because you'd be amazed. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, what God has in store for them. And it's a whole lot more than just heavenly retirement. Okay. Now, Okay, who is my brother? I do not view most religious people as my brother in the faith. Now, I, I, I don't hate to say that, but it, I mean, maybe I should hate to say that, but I'm, I'm just not one that has ever went into a church and assumed all religious people are my brothers in the faith, especially if they have a no-law theology, which would include most of mainstream Christianity. If, they have, if I'm talking to a brother and you've got a no-law theology that the law has been abolished, been nailed across, been fulfilled, mean, I argue with these people, they're always arguing with me on, on my YouTube channel, trying to convince me that I'm, I'm not using the law of God right or whatever, okay? I do not consider any, any of those people my brothers in Christ. I just don't, okay? Because they have a no-law theology. To the law and testimony if they speak not according to this word there is no truth in them that's isaiah forget where it's at anyway most of the people in this world are living after the carnal mind which is vanity lust greed envy power hungry money hungry okay that's how they live their life do they go to church yes they go to church do they claim to be christian probably so now is it okay to take this type of people to to court Absolutely. They're not your brother. They may claim to be Christian, but their actions speak louder than words. You see, living in a world full of carnal-minded, unconverted people, God does not intend for us to be a doormat. He does not intend for us to let other people run over us. Sometimes you have to fight for your rights and you may have to take people to court, especially unbelievers. So, is it okay to take unbelievers to court? Absolutely. But beware, many of those unbelievers take the name Christian upon their lips. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible.
0: Many people spend their whole life repeating the same old mistakes. What does it take to have good discernment and good judgment? It takes having the Spirit of God. But what many people overlook is, the Spirit of God is not something that you are born with. Man was created incomplete, missing that spiritual element that would make him complete. The Bible clearly lays out the way to receive the Spirit of God. Learn the step-by-step process for receiving the Spirit of God. Order your free copy of WHY YOU NEED THE HOLY SPIRIT. ORDER BY WRITING TO CHURCH OF GOD, ROCKY MOUNT, 27 BROOKLEDGE LANE, ROCKY MOUNT, VIRGINIA, 24151. THAT'S CHURCH OF GOD, ROCKY MOUNT, 27 BROOKLEDGE LANE, ROCKY MOUNT, VIRGINIA, 24151. ALSO VISIT US ON THE WEB AT ISTHATREALLYINTHEBIBLE.ORG If you would like more information, or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.